Well, what is up? Welcome back to the 48 Men Podcast. I am so excited today for this episode. And uh, my guest today is Adam Klink. And besides my wife, he is actually my first returning guest to the 48 Men Podcast. And I'm really excited about what we're going to chat today. So, Adam, welcome. No, thanks. That's a really short list. I appreciate it. Short list of what? People that are returning guests. That's so true. Well, because I, I was prepping and I was like, should I go back into like saying Adam's a husband and a father and like all the things you do? But I was like, no, he's already been on the podcast. So I was like, this is the perfect intro that he's my only returning guest besides Sadie. It's perfect. Everybody knows me by now. There we go. I love it. Well, Adam, a lot. you're a lot like me in the sense of you're a goal person. You love to set goals for yourself and try to achieve them. Uh, where does that come from? Has that always been something that you've been inspired to do or has that been something through fitness that you've really kind of started to set goals for yourself? Yeah, I think that's very fitness oriented for me, setting goals. Yeah. Um, I was an athlete all my life. I played college soccer and then beyond that, I competed in CrossFit. So every year there was a goal in the CrossFit season to make it to that top stage so that just kind of happened naturally for me. And then as I've progressed, it's been fun to just set other goals. I feel like setting goals gives me a purpose in my training, right? Like training training fills my cup. It's like pouring into myself to better myself, both physically, but also like spiritually and mentally too. Like it's it's kind of like my time. And having that goal gives me that purpose to train a little bit harder so I feel more fulfilled in that sense. Yeah, for sure. So a goal for you that you had set a while back was to do level 100. We're just going to go ahead and just get right into it. So back in August, you um, went out to Colorado to do the level 100, which if you don't know what that is, it's a 100-mile ultra marathon trail run through Colorado, which is uh, super difficult. And uh, so for you, what kind of training went in to attempt this? Yeah, so training was unlike everything, anything I've ever done. I'll preface this as I am not an endurance athlete. I'm not a runner. Yes, I can run, but that was kind of from like my background in sports, playing soccer. But just like going out and running for an hour or two hours at a time, like wasn't my thing. I'm a bigger, I'm a heavier athlete. I'm over 200 pounds easily. And I actually didn't really know how to approach training other than just get time on my feet. So I would just set my watch and go out in my neighborhood and, and run for a good couple of miles. Started off, it honestly started off, here's how I started training for Leadville. When I told myself I was going to do Leadville and I got my spot into Leadville, my first workout was a 20-minute run and it about killed me. Just a 20-minute yeah. easy run and I was smoked. And I was like, I don't know how I'm going to run for over 24 hours. Yeah. But every single time I went out to train again, I added five minutes to that run. And then within a couple of weeks, I built up to 60 minutes. And then from there, I kind of sought out some guidance like, hey, how should I train for this? And a little different than like marathon training where you're doing like speed work and track workouts and interval training because you're trying to shoot for a specific time for a marathon this type of training was all about getting time on your feet and staying healthy. So I got into this rhythm where I was running between 60 and 75 minutes Monday through Friday. And then Saturday, I would have a long run. And that would vary between 10 and 25 miles. So that, that's what training looked like. And then on top of that, I was just trying to keep myself as healthy as possible. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, you, you know what I just attempted at this past week and in 20 minutes, 
is uh yeah i i don't think i could i think the longest i did in the last four months was like 25 minutes and i think anything above anything above 25 minutes i would uh um there's no way i would have been able to do it so for you you know like i just said you went out to, to colorado to do this um all the training that went in and can you kind of just share a little bit about you know when you got out there uh kind of the, some of the obstacles that you had to kind of overcome and some of the some of the some of the roadblocks uh yeah. per se that, that you might have hit sure and i've actually never publicly shared what happened other than like an instagram post but obviously you go out to colorado and the biggest factor out there is the altitude we're sitting at what 500 feet above sea level and you get out to leadville and the starting line is at 9500 feet above sea level so yeah. that's something that i just really couldn't train for. I like to say I, I trained for Leadville. I did I did Leadville for dads. So uh-huh. I uh, meaning I wasn't willing to sacrifice, but so much time away from my family to like work towards this goal. Like yes, I would wake up at five or six a.m. and go out and run the time I was supposed to train. But like I wasn't going above and beyond like taking a training trip out somewhere at altitude or you know doing things in an altitude chamber. So got out there and altitude was obviously a big factor, but I actually, for the race, I I didn't feel the effects of the altitude obviously until Mm -hmm. the end, Yeah. but the race starts at 4am and you always go into whatever you're doing with a plan. And I had a game plan, especially on the, along the lines of nutrition. And from the first checkpoint, that whole plan went out the window because I couldn't stomach solid food. So I had a plan. I was like, I'm going to eat a peanut butter and honey sandwich at every checkpoint. I've got, you know, dried fruit and this and that. And I grabbed that sandwich at mile 12 and it took me four miles to eat half of it. And I was like, this, this just ain't happening. It's not working. So that was one struggle that, you know, I had to figure out on the fly. Um, And then obviously as you go through a race like that, at that magnitude, the miles just start to pile up mile after mile and you start literally climbing mountains and midway through the race, 50 miles in, like there was, there was no more running at all. Like I I wasn't running. My my legs were done. It was funny. I picked up a pacer and they'd try to like push me along and like, Oh, all right, let's stride it out for this little bit. And I would, (laughs) I would like give it this little speed boost, but then I was like right back down to, to walking. It was more like a power walk. Um, And then I obviously at the end faced the obstacle of I gave myself Rabdo to finish the race and I actually fell short of accomplishing that goal of 100 miles. I passed out at mile 87 and the rest is kind of history from there. Yeah, I mean, literally, I mean, literally just insane. So before before mile 87, was it up until like when you passed out that you you know, we're like, I'm not going to finish. Like, was it, was there ever a, a moment before that where you were like, I, I might not finish this race? Oh, I had, I had doubts before the halfway mark as you're going up, it's called hopes pass, which is you go from 9,500 to almost 14,000 feet. And both times climbing that I literally was like, there's no way I'm making this. I'm not going to make this, but yeah. you just keep putting one foot after the other and you keep going. And before you know it, you're at the top of the mountain and then you're going back down. Um, the bad part is it's out and back. So you have to go back up the St. Mountain, which is, which is pretty demoralizing, but I definitely had moments of doubts. Um, but it wasn't until I was deep, deep in the race 
and I was, it kind of, it kind of went downhill fast. Even, you know, mile 80, 85, I was on pace to finish the hundred miles. And I mean, I would have been cutting it close to the time cap, but I had people in my corner that were helping me stay motivated. And, and I knew I could get there. Obviously your body shuts down. That turns into a different story, but yeah. I definitely had my moments. Yeah. Is that one of the things where like, even if you don't meet the time cap, you got to just, you still have to just complete the hundred miles. No, they like, take they, they like take the checkpoints down. No way. You're done. Really? They, they, they cut your, they cut your wristband. They, they take your tag and you're done. They, they don't even let you keep going because of how dangerous of a race it is. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So I feel, I mean, even, either, either way it would have been, it would have been two bad scenarios. If you're on like mile 94 and they're like, no, that's it. You're done. Being that close, you would have like walked back to the starting line. Yeah. But, See, yeah. but like the yeah. starting line probably wouldn't yeah. be there by then. Yeah. That's crazy. So even though you technically like, you know, didn't finish the race, I think there is also just a beautiful thing about like, you know, like me and you talked about giving it everything you had. So for you, what's the fine line between like commitment with how you did, knowing that you gave it everything you had, versus like the disappointment and actually not achieving what you set out to to want to achieve? Yeah. I mean, I like to think of myself as a mentally strong person and I can kind of push myself mentally. But I just don't I think there's a point where physically, when you push yourself to your body's limit and your body can't go anymore. I mean, like my my legs literally didn't work. Like I couldn't fire a single muscle in my legs when I tried to stand. Yeah. Um, I, I flew home in a wheelchair, if that kind of explains how bad I gave myself rabdo. Yeah. But the intent of me doing Leadville, yes, I, I did set that end goal of reaching the 100 miles, but I just wanted to experience something that I've never experienced before. I wanted to bring myself to its lowest lows that I could possibly bring myself to and see what that felt like and see how I responded. Yeah. And not being an ultra runner and obviously 25 miles being the most I ever did, even in a training run. And it, yeah. everything after the 25 mile mark was a win for me. And yeah, that's cool. I think getting to a point where you physically take yourself to where you can't even take another step, there's something really gratifying about that because I know that not many people, even in the world, can say that they've pushed their body to that point. And, I, and, I, and that's what I take away as the big win from trying to accomplish this feat of mine is, you know, obviously, no, I didn't cross the finish line, but I literally pushed my body till I couldn't take another step and it completely shut down. And not many people can say that. Yeah. Well, you told me this quote the other day that I thought was really cool. You said, you want me to say it? Yeah. Can you say your own quote, please? I said, sometimes success isn't measured by the outcome, but it's measured by the effort. Yeah. Do you think that's the easier thing to say than to actually truly believe? A thousand percent, but it's a, but it's a feeling only you can feel and know. And yeah. I think, you know, there's a lot of people outside of the walls of your two ears that can make you think otherwise, make you question like, oh man, like I didn't finish. It wasn't good enough. Like, should I go back and finish it? Like, because only you and your head and your mind knows that you gave it everything you got and you couldn't have gone, whether it's yeah. any faster or taking another step, like you have to be the personal judge of those feelings. And I, yeah. I think if you can honestly say that you gave 
every ounce of effort to what you were trying to accomplish, I think you should be at peace. And I do feel like I feel a thousand percent at peace with how yeah. Leadville went because yeah. of the effort that I put in. And that's what I, that's what I view as accomplishing my goal. For sure. For sure. And I, I, I want to talk to you about this for a little bit too, because that's what I've been wrestling with this last week. Can you tell everybody what you accomplished? Can we, can we talk about that? Yes. So the last four months since August, no, no, since, sorry, since July, Adam has been my coach pretty much. And I've been trying to do what he did. He's the OG at doing it. But it's in the same day, back squatting 500 pounds and running a sub five minute mile, which only I think two people have ever done. And I was super close. I, I uh, squatted 500 and I ran a 507 mile. So I was like seven, eight seconds off of my goal of what I wanted to, um, to achieve, what I had set out to achieve, all the, you know, all the early mornings, all the late nights, all the cold tubs, all the recovery boots, all the massages, all the stuff. And the, it's, it's, it's really cool what you said earlier of like only you know. That's, that's really what I've been wrestling with, you know. So everyone's like, oh, you're so close, you know. You got to go do it. And after, the, after I'd, I'd, I'd ran that, I really was at peace because like you said, my, my legs literally just stopped working. Like I I did I didn't pass out but I was close. I my legs just gave out. I think I threw up about 15 times after and I was like not in a good spot. I was like I I was just saying some outlandish things. I was like I'm selling all my running shoes. I'm never going to run again. And I really was wrestling because I was like cuz me and my heart of hearts like I really was so content and so at peace with how I did. But then a lot of people, like even my friends, but it was out of good intentions. It was like, oh, you were so close. You got to go give. You got to go give it another shot. And you know, so it's even me working through, like, you know, not even the shame because I want to talk to you about that in a second. Like the shame of like, you know, because because even for me, I was embarrassed to like want to even like tell people what I was going for. Because for me, I'm and and, and I do think it is prideful. Because it's like if I'm gonna tell you I'm gonna do this, then I don't achieve it. Then it's like I got to go back to you and tell you, hey, I know I said I was going to set out to do this. I was, you know, eight seconds off of, I was eight seconds off of my, um, you know, my goal, and I didn't achieve it. And it's out of good intentions. Or oh, well, you're, you know, you're so close. You got to keep going. And really, for me, you know, not even physically, man. It was more just the mental. Um, it just it it became so consuming. It was like I would wake up and that's all I would think about was like I gotta go run, I gotta go train. And then when we're traveling, it's like you know I gotta go find a gym, I gotta go find a track. And it became just so consuming for me that I was like, look, I'm gonna just give it a shot. Whatever happens, happens. I'm at peace. And um, that's kind of where I'm at. But I do have this like hunch because even like what you talked about, we know what your wife said after level is like you're gonna go give it a shot one day again, aren't you? And you were like, yeah, for sure. So for me, it's like. You know, I'm still wrestling with that because I'm like, in no in no way soon am I going to give that another shot. But I'm like, you know, maybe in six months, maybe I might, may maybe. But then again, like me and Sadie were talking, it was like, but these people that are telling me this, like, don't know how much pain I was in, you know, don't know how bad my shin splints were, that I iced my shins every single day, that I was literally close to being miserable in training. I wasn't enjoying it. And you know, but it is the, but there is this competitive spirit of like, but I was so close. Um, so I don't know if, you know, if, if, if you can talk into that at all, cause I'm like, you know, wrestling with that idea of like, I'm, I'm also content, but I also like know that 
that I could achieve it if I, if I wanted to, but I'm still at peace with how I did. So to that, you are like me, a very goal oriented person. So I fully, I fully believe that you will give this a go down the road at some point because you're just a person that sets goals and works towards them. And that's where you find a lot of, a lot of value. Um, so one, I do think you're probably going to go for this again. I know, I, I do too, te- but I'm like, but I'm like, do I really want to? Because I, it, it was so painful. It's too fresh in your mind right now. Like you need to yeah, give us some sure. time. So, just to put in perspective, too, I actually when this challenge kind of first came out, I tried this in 2018. I got down to a 517 mile with a 500 pound back squat on the same day, and I essentially ran myself into injury and kind of shut my training down for that just because it was so demanding. So when you're explaining to the listeners right now what you had to put your body through to even attempt something like this, yeah, I understand and I had done it. I've tried it multiple times and it is so grueling and so taxing that like I've, I've injured myself training for this. That's why when I did this a second time and finally accomplished it, like taking care of my body and recovery was a huge deal. But yeah, what you're saying in terms of like shame and guilt for not accomplishing your goal, yeah. it's very easy to get sucked into the outside world's opinions on yeah. what you did. It's very easy to read the comment section. It's very re- easy to read your text messages and DMs and start to doubt yourself and the effort that you put in. And... I think what helps me to, I think two things help me kind of cope with that the most. And a guy I talked to, the first message I got right after I didn't complete Leadville and I opened my phone, the first message on my phone was from a guy named Dan. His Instagram is, I think, Rasta Runner. Um, I don't know if you follow him or not, but uh-uh. he said, You not finishing this race will teach you a heck of a lot more than if you finished the race the first time. And that right there stuck with me more than anything else that was said to me throughout that whole experience of of trying to tackle Leadville because it's so true. You learn so much about yourself along the way. And I think you having that knowledge and experience, you personally having the knowledge and experience from what you just tackled and tried it's only going to set you yourself up for even better results in the future, no matter what you do, because mentally you've brought yourself to a place where you've probably never gone in your life before. And you've yeah. gained that experience. I think it is, it's really hard to see the comments and not be, and not, and not start to get in your head and be like, like if I only did this, if I only did that for you, if I only if I only shaved two seconds off of each lap, I would have had it. Like literally, that sounds like not much yeah. at all, right? Yeah. If I didn't eat this and my stomach wasn't feeling like this, I could have had it. Or if I got a little bit more sleep. But yeah. you can't go back and change any of those things. But I think the biggest thing that helps me get past that, one, again, just the feeling of like knowing what that learning process is and what that's going to do for you in the future gives me peace. The fact that I moved my body 87 miles gives me 
so much for peace, sure. but also so much momentum and confidence for the next challenge that I do. But again, you're a very goal-oriented person, and I know it will probably be a week or two before you picked your next goal and you're starting to work towards something new. And I think that kind of like pushes your mind past whatever that failure was, is then now setting out for a new venture or a new goal that you're putting that time and energy effort into. Yeah, for sure. So for you, like on that plane ride, when you were on a wheelchair, you know, like, did you have, like, did you have any, any of those emotions of like, you know, of disappointment of like, you know, not even shame in the sense of like, you know, you shaming yourself, but like, you know, because you, you were super open on Instagram of like, you know, keeping up with, you know, Garmin and Nike and all the stuff that you're doing. Like, you know, here, here's what I'm doing. Here's what I'm training for. Like, so everybody that knows you knows that you were going to do Leadville, you know? So did you, did you experience any of that? Like not even shame might not, not even be the right word, but even like, you know, like a hint of like an embarrassment of like, you know, I said, I'm going to do this and I fell short. Like, did you experience any of that, any of that at all? So two answers to that. And it's easy to just say yes, but I think that stems from the, that stems from the opinion of others, not my own opinion. Yeah. I was so at peace with the effort that I gave that I didn't feel like I failed anybody. Again, I, I say that's kind of like a two-part answer and it's coming from two different sides. My personal feelings were no. Now, do I think of the companies that I worked with, the time I took away from my family, the burden I put on my wife while having to train? Like, yes, all of those things ran through my head. And again, this is where what I talked about in the first place comes into play where like only you know and feel the effort that you gave. And but because I because I went there and I was so confident and I was I was, I mean, I I literally brought myself to I couldn't take another step. I personally was at peace. Now, for this podcast's sake, and when you're talking about people that may fall short of their goal. I absolutely understand how easy it is to feel feel that shame and that you fell short and that you let people down. Unbelievably easy to feel that. I'm here to say that if you know you gave your best effort, if you know you couldn't have done any better, right? Like and and sometimes like your goals are outside of your control. Like as long as you yeah. controlled the control controllables, that's something that was taught to me in college that I've I like deeply resonate resonate with control yeah. the controllables control the things that only, only you can control and don't worry about the outside factors that you can't right like you might have a competition and you executed everything personal uh you executed everything perfectly to your ability but your opponent was just better yeah you know there's not not much you can do so if you walk away from that and know you gave your best effort you can be content in that and satisfied in that but then yeah you're right back to the drawing board working on your next goal or your next opponent like that's just For the sure. nature of the, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have pushed yourself to your absolute limit if you weren't setting out to hit another goal here in the near future yeah well i love i i really i really do love that you said control the controllables because i don't even i don't even think i've really shared this with you yet and i love that we're talking about it on the podcast because even for me you know like I've been honestly like envious of you and jealous of you with, you know, when you started training for, you know, f to, to achieve this. Cause 
you know, you did it right when COVID started, you know, so everything was shut down. And I was, you know, because I've, I've had those thoughts run through my mind. I'm like, man, well, if I, you know, if I set out to do this, like when Adam did it, when like, you know, we're not traveling so much, when we're not on tour, when we're not, you know, going to this conference, this conference, and if it's not holidays, whatever, like, you know, we're not by our family. Like, you know, I've been, I've, I've had those thoughts of like, man, like if I just had three months of like, you know, uninterrupted, like I'm, I'm, I'm home, I'm not traveling. I'm like, could I have done this? And I'm like, I really do think that I could have, um, I really do think I could have because the last month, um, you know, we had my brother's wedding, we had tour, we had stuff happen with Honey, which I'm not going to get into that on the podcast. And I'm like, you know, there's just so much stuff that happened. I was like, I have to do it this weekend because next week I'm on a hunting trip and then it's Thanksgiving break. I'm going to be out of town with my family. And it's just like, there's not a good time for me to do this. So I was like, look, that's why I told you. I was like, whatever happens, happens. I'm at peace. Um, I'm just going to give it, give it everything I have. And I really did. Like there was nothing left in the tank for me to give. But yeah, with those, with those variables, I've been like, man, we've just had X, A, B, C, X, Y, Z. There's been so many variables and I'm like trying to control all them, but some are just outside of my control. And yeah, so I'm, I've been just telling you because I'm like, man, I just, I really wish I could have trained like how Adam did of like, look, there's nothing on the calendar. The world is shut down. Just go give it everything you have and see if you can do it. Yeah, I think that something everybody needs to hear and people have probably heard this multiple, multiple times, but the phrase comparison is the thief of joy. Yeah. Right. If you're always comparing your circumstances to somebody else's, you're always going to say, well, life's easier for him. He has this amount of time or he has this much money and can have this equipment. And he has these kind of shoes that I can't afford. And you can go yeah. down the list for sure. And I think that's very paralyzing when you start to go down those rabbit holes. Oh, Something sure. that I've always prided myself on in my entire career was keeping my priorities in line while chasing these goals. Because yeah, in good. my head, in my view, if I were to accomplish the goal that I set out to, but I sacrificed everything else that's important to me, did I really win? Yeah. And I know the answer is no. So even early on in my coaching and CrossFit career, right? Every year I would try to make it as far as I could, try to make it to the CrossFit Games. I always ended up at the stage right before I came as close as two spots away from winning the CrossFit Games. And it would have been very easy for me to say, man, like if I had time like some of these guys, man, if I didn't have a kid like some of these guys, man, if I didn't have a significant other like some of yeah. these guys, I, I could have made it, right? But yeah, I was so much more full. Yeah, I was sure. so much more fulfilled by what I accomplished and how far I made it because I still kept my faith and my family a priority. I wasn't ever willing to sacrifice time with my family or with my kids to go train. My job which falls in line with my family. I need to provide for my family. So fitness for me lies fourth in my hierarchy, yeah. in my priorities in my life. And if I moved at the third or second or number one, did I really win? I don't think I would yeah. feel as fulfilled. Like if I were to have made the CrossFit Games early in my career, but I sacrificed everything else, I don't know that I would feel the same that I do or did coming two spots short but I have 
everybody around me cheering me on beyond proud of me because I still made them the priority in my life. Yeah, that's so good. No, that's so true because like, you know, once you do start sacrificing, you know, it, it really just lies down to what do you want to sacrifice? You know, it's like, do you want your marriage to suffer so you can, you know, go take these trips to go train to higher altitudes or, you know, do you want to be away from your kids so you can go do that stuff or do you want to keep that healthy and then just try to give, you know, your fitness goals the best shot you can. So something that I've been wrestling with, I don't, I, I, I think I've, I feel like I've said that so much this podcast, but even the idea of like, man, like I've had the thought of like, man, like next time I try to go do this, I'm just going to train in secret. You know, I'm just like, you know, I'm going to be like, look, I'm just going to, you know, it's one of those like movie things like Batman or something like, you know, no one's going to see me coming. Like, I'm just going to, you know, go train in secret uh, and I'm just going to come up out of the shadows and I'm going to attempt it. And if I do it, you know, hoorah. But if I don't, then it's like, it never happened. So for you, have you had any kind of thoughts like that with level of like, you know, let's say three years down the road, you're presented an, another shot to do it. Um, you know, would would there be any hunch in you to like, maybe not promote it as much or not post battle as much? Or would you have any kind of, because for me, I'm like, man, let's say in like over the summer, because that's, that's where I'm kind of like now, maybe thinking like after we have the baby, there's be, there'd be like two months of like, you know, we're not gonna be traveling. I'm like, maybe that's my window of like, you know, go for it kind of thing. So that's kind of what I'm thinking. But I'm also like, man, but I, I don't want to like have people come, you know, video me while I'm training or talk about it as much. Cause I'm just like, if I, you know, if I, if I go for it again and I'm 505, then I'm just like, well, dead gum it. Like, I wish I didn't do it again, you know? So have you had any kind of like thoughts like that? Yeah, absolutely. It's very easy to just do something in secret and then boom, I did it and kind of, it's kind of like shock value. People are like surprised and and you'll get a lot of praise, I'm sure. Um, I try to live my life a little differently now. And this isn't like calling anybody out or saying anything each way, but I've learned the value of being relatable to people. That's good. People, people don't relate with the elite, the best of the best athlete, where all you see is them winning championships or coming out on top or accomplishing these feats, it's not relatable. Mm -hmm. What's relatable is talking about your struggle, talking about your hard times, showing that you get off course sometimes and need to figure out how to steer the this, this ship straight again. Because most people in this world struggle with accomplishing goals that they have. Yeah. The amount of people that have kids, the amount of people that work a nine to five, the amount of people that don't have a garage gym to just pop out and train, the amount of people that life throws all different things at people. And I think if mm -hmm. you only showcase your wins, it's cool. And yeah. you're going to get the praise that you want at the end of the day, right? Like, because all of us want to be like, when we're doing these goals, like, look what I did and everybody cheer for me, right? But I think if you can bring people on the journey with you and give them value, like the things that you feel like are going well, share that. This yeah. track workout that you really liked that did a lot for you, share that. Hey, mm -hmm. this is what's working for me nutritional-wise right now. Share that. Like that is so valuable for people and especially people that look up to you. Like 
you have this massive platform. And I think it's a disservice not to use it in that manner. Um, Again, it's easy to kind of just hide, do your thing, and then show up on the scene. But I think for people like you and me, people resonate so much with what we try to do and accomplish because we have a career, we have kids, we have struggles. We're 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 just like everybody else. Yeah. But I think if if we don't let people know that we're just like everybody else, it kind of gets lost. And I think I think you're you're doing everybody a disservice. For sure. No, that's super deep. I like that. Cause that's that's even the thing too. Like, you know, I really because even for me, like in full transparency, like, yeah, I think you know we do like we do like being praised. We do like being elevated. Um, and I think I even just default more kind of like to what I said of like, man, I would hate to, you know, to promote it as much as I did. Then I fall short again. Then it's just like, oh, he went for it again. Didn't get it. Um, so I think I'm just moving past more so that side of it than being like, oh, he's the third person to, you know, ever achieve it, whatever. Um, that's kind of the thing that, that I've been um, kind of going through. But how do you feel like as people, like, how do you think we get to a point where like one failure doesn't prevent us from setting a new goal moving forward. Cause I feel like for some people it'd be easy to like, well, I didn't achieve this. So I'm just not gonna, you know, I don't want to let myself feel that hurt again, or I don't want to let myself, you know, go through that disappointment again. So how do you really feel like we deal with that disappointment that helps us to keep moving forward and not take two steps back when we don't achieve something? That's a tough one, right? Like that's, that's the tough question for most people is how do you move past failure? And in my opinion, if you're setting out f- for these goals in the first place, you're a very driven person, whether you accomplish these goals or not, right? Right? Like you're you're chasing personal growth in some form or fashion. I think I think just time allows us to regroup, reassess and pick a new goal. I think having the right people in your corner also help with that. I think those are the people who pick your pick you up when you're down and help you see the value in what you're doing. I think failing your goal and you getting all those messages that you inspired people to go out and set a goal for themselves. I think you hearing those things probably you feel like it's a waste if you don't set another goal. But I I think there's nothing you can do about just the time needed to just like internalize everything, process everything, and then move past that. Like there there is just an element of time where you just have to like take a little time because you did pour so much into whatever this goal is for you. And when you feel like you failed, you kind of feel like you did all that for nothing. But... I don't know. I it, it's just hard to me to fathom and believe that I can fail something and just be content with that and just live out the rest of my life thinking I'm a failure. I just yeah. don't think I just don't think that's human nature, right? Like yeah. if you're if you're not trying to take another step forward, you're not you're not living. Um Yeah. But that it's 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 a hard one. You definitely yeah. need to take some time. But I guarantee you in Two weeks, you'll be having. You, you'll probably be making plans for whatever you're doing next. Yeah, 
I, I'm going to. I haven't worked out yet this week. <laughs> See? Like I know. I haven't worked out yet this week. I think I'm going to take next week off too because we'll be we'll be uh, hunting. And I think when we get back, I'm th- I think I'm going to try to maybe get my bench press up or something like that. But I'm definitely taking a break from squats for 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 a little bit. Let, I don't let need, your I, legs I don't, recover. I don't want to. I don't want to feel 400 pounds on my back for for a while. So, so we'll see. We'll we'll see, we'll we'll see what that's like. Well, do you have any piece of? Um, I was gonna say clothing advice, because uh, you are you you are super fashionable. Uh, do you have any piece of clothing advice for those who have been? Um, you kind of just shared on it, but but some, but somebody who's listening who has been discouraged because of um, something that they've gone through, some obstacle that they've experienced that has kind of hindered them from reaching something that they've set out to want to want to go through, to want to go do. Yeah, I feel like I spit out most of my good nuggets already, but um, I'm all about setting goals and establishing habits. And I think even if you fall short on accomplishing a goal, you need to then figure out and reestablish new habits that are going to set yourself up for success. And if you do those enough, habits become what's normal to you. And once you're, once you have this new routine, you can easily pick new goals for yourself. Um, I always tell people, set micro goals within your larger goals, right? So like for you and what you just did, your goal is to run a five minute mile and hit a 500 pound back squat. But I think you kind of had some micro goals in there, whether you knew it or not. And there were like these checkpoints where this week, and it can be whether it's a feeling or whether it's like task oriented, like cool, I can run half a mile in 2.30 now, which means if I double that at the same pace, I'll run my five-minute mile. And, you and oh, like I hit 4.75 with, with ease. Like whether you know it or not, these, these micro goals. And so I encourage people to set goals. But I think something that's often lost is we're so focused on this massive goal out in the distance but they don't take time to set these micro goals and celebrate them and see how far they came along the way, right? Like for me, like a micro goal for me was to run 60 minutes without stopping. And then by the end of it, like a 60 minute run was like a warm up. Like I wasn't, I was like just starting to sweat by 60 minutes. But it's, but it's hard to lose sight of that when you're only focused on the 100 miles or you're only focused on the 500 pound squat and the five minute mile. It seems like you're just so far away and so out of reach and you'll never get there. And it's easy to feel like you failed. So that's my advice is, and this is what I always say is set your, set your, set your big goal, set your long-term goal. And this, we talk a lot about fitness, but like, this can be life too. Like, what do you want your life to look like in two years or three years? Okay. What are the steps to get there? If you can't tackle those steps, you can't hit this big goal your long-term goal or where you want to be in life. So for sure. Yeah, no, it's, and it's just like that with our faith too. It's like, you know, I want to know the scriptures more. It's like, well, that's your end goal. Then set your alarm 10 or 15 minutes earlier and read a chapter or two. Or if you want to uh, know God more through prayer, you know, maybe if you're driving in the car, instead of listening to music on your way to work, you pray or whatever, you know, like there's, there's all these, like you said, I, I love how you kind of said that there's, there's these like micro goals that we can set in preparation for us to achieve the ultimate goal that we're actually reaching out 
or setting out to achieve. Yeah, that's it. That's it, man. Well, I, th- I, th- I think you're going to be my first three-peat guest in the podcast too. Cause right. I love, I loved our conversation so much. I'm down any, anytime, man, you know, I'm always here to do this. I love it. Love you, man. Well, thanks. Thanks so much for joining me. I really think people are going to be impacted and uh, set out goals. And if they don't achieve them, I don't think they're going to feel shame or embarrassment or like they failed, but they're going to give the best they had and they're going to keep going and keep moving forward. Yep, absolutely. And that's coming from two guys that fell short of their goal, but I don't think it was a, a loss in any of our eyes. For sure. For sure. Love you, man. Love you, dude.